millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast, this homework edition of the Leaving Eden podcast. My name is Gabrielle Hakoen, and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter. And we are here to talk about Sadie's life in the independent fundamental Baptist cult. But um, more importantly, we are here to review media that Sadie has not seen. Um, and so this is going to be an episode Take a look at the 1973 horror film, The Exorcist and see what Sadie thought about it. Um, yeah, uh, how are you feeling about this, Sadie? I have so many feelings and thoughts about this. Yeah. So, I don't even know like I don't even know where to start, so I'm hoping you have like a starting point. Yeah, so I have um, you know, so uh, just a little bit of background on the movie. Uh, I had uh, last week, you know, we talked about some Halloween stuff. Uh, or yeah, we talked about some Halloween stuff. We talked about like uh, uh, this Halloween movie or, or Halloween uh, uh, haunted houses that we would have that, that Sadie would do while she was in the cult or that she would go to that were like scare him to Jesus. So we're like, OK, well, let's do a Halloween themed homework assignment. And so I decided to, you know, pick this classic uh, 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 horror film that was recommended to me by a friend. Um, I'm not huge into horror movies, but my friend said, you know, you should check out the exorcist because that's one of the classic ones um and so this movie came out in 1973 um and it i mean it, it it's you know as far as uh horror movies go this one is seen as like one of the 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 classic ones you know it's it's up there with like halloween with like freddie and 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 jason and and those types of movies as well but this one also had a bit more of like a, a religious a spiritual twist to it because it's about like a 12 year old girl, a little girl uh gets possessed by a demon um so anyway uh, i wanted to i got some questions that i wanted to ask sadie about it um so 
the first thing I wanted to, to say was, so how were horror films in general treated in the IFB? Because I know you guys weren't allowed to watch like Hollywood movies. Yeah, most most modern Hollywood movies were off the table for just kind of uh, peripheral reasons. You know, there's cursing or there's a sex scene uh, or there's, you know, whatever else, drug use or alcohol use or whatever else is offensive to the IFB sensibilities. Yeah. Um, so give, because most modern Hollywood movies have some aspect of that that would be offensive – the IFB in general kind of just says, uh, probably just don't go to don't go to any movies in the theater and be really selective about what you watch at home. Maybe like just PG movies or just J-rated, depending on so, what kind of group you're in. So wouldn't have been like, oh, uh, this is uh, uh, portraying this sort of activity, this sort of frowned upon activity, even if it was portraying that activity in a bad light. You wouldn't be allowed to see it. You wouldn't be allowed to be exposed right. to it. Because of, I mean, there's a scripture verse, um, set no evil thing before thine eyes, uh, which is kind of kind of where they come from. Basically, there's a there's another verse. Um, what book is that in? Set no curiosity. evil thing before thine eyes. I don't know. I think it's Old Testament, though. Okay. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's prequels. Um, it's not prequels. It's, what is it? It's if it's not prequels, the, what is it? The original series i think it's the original if we're doing, series if we're doing star trek references you're you're talking about prequels as if it's star wars i'm thinking about this as if it's star trek because i think that's more accurate um then again oh. i did refer to the new testament um as you guys call it um i did call it the jj abrams bible at one point so you you have all sorts of witty yeah references witty um, is putting it uh uh, uh very generously <laughs> you're welcome uh no there's another there's another scripture verse about um and i think this one's from the book of proverbs but uh when don't even look at wine or don't even look at strong drink so um so being mm. a kid walking through if we had to walk through like the beer cooler aisle in the store to get to another part of the store if we could avoid walking through it at all we would not walk through it uh, so you wouldn't even walk. have to see the labels. So you wouldn't even see the la- exactly. And then if you couldn't avoid it, um, mothers would have their kids. Like my mom would have her, have us look down. Uh, oh, but but okay. more extreme moms. I have seen moms who would not walk through that aisle no matter what, or who actually made their children cover their eyes. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's it's the, the idea of not even looking at something that's sinful. Um, oh, hmm. So that is interesting, huh? I mean, that yeah, reminds so, me. I had a friend when I was a kid, and his parents would, um, you know, they would be watching TV, and if there was a commercial that came on, uh, his mom would mute the commercial and say, "Don't look at the TV during the commercial." But I, I, I feel like that maybe that's different. Was that it was just capitalist or? You know, I don't know. I, I was in like first or second grade. Because I can um, kind of get with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you know, but you you got to be exposed to. No, we didn't watch. My household didn't watch commercials uh, growing up. Yeah, but it was it was Fair. more. The, yeah, we always muted them anyway. But yeah, it was more the concern of like, uh, if there's are going to be something uh, inappropriate in them. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, the, I, I don't know. But but the IFB, you know, that's kind of the the prohibition against popular m- movies or, or worldly mo- movies as it is. Yeah, uh, horror movies are kind of. I did hear them preached about a lot in church with kind of this shock value. Um, so you would hear, oh, well, have you heard they have this horror movie called The Exorcist and it just makes light of possession, which we all know is a real thing that can happen to people. Or, oh, you know, interesting. This, yeah, this movie makes fun of God and his word because it makes a, it ma- makes light of or it shows a movie about uh, possession it doesn't take it seriously enough uh or you know this movie they had a 12 year old actress doing horrible things for the camera and you know that shows that the people who made this movie were actually the people who were possessed um so they won't dig far enough to find out that of course you know some of those scenes there was a stand-in like a body right double. but they they wouldn't research far enough to know that they would just want to use the the shock factor of do you know what they had a 12-year-old actress doing in this film? Yeah. Um, and so, I want to okay, I want to talk about that next. Um but you finish your thought. 
so so basically horror films like i would hear them talked about from the pulpit as a shock value as these films that glorify violence that glorify murder that are uh basically celebrating satanic ritual abuse which is something that was still very much believed in um during my childhood in the cult uh which is fun <laughs> and um just glor- basically glorifying satan and all of his deeds on earth I mean, i don't think this movie really glorifies satan or demons or or anything in particular um maybe it glorifies catholicism a little bit but in a really weird and inaccurate way so I do, I, I do have opinions on the the right of exorcism, uh, but I think we're gonna we're gonna get to that a little further down the right, line. Right, because you know about Catholicism because you were in the process of becoming one. Right, so yeah. I can tell you a little bit. Um, when we get to there, I've got a little bit about kind of how Baptists or evangelicals perceive exorcism, and then <laughs> I have a little bit more for you on the difference between that and the Catholic right of exorcism. Okay, well, so since you brought. Uh, Sorry, the 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 pop filter slipped off my mic. So since oh, no. you brought it up earlier, since you brought up this this twelve year old actress, I just wanted to say that Linda Blair's performance as Reagan in this film is quite good. I is, could not is, agree more. Like you know that I mean the entire cast of the movie I thought did like really a pretty good job, but Linda Blair, you know her performance in this movie was. I think to me the standout performance of the movie and of course it should be. Um so I read um I was reading a little bit about the movie and what I read was that the the director thought they would never be able to make it um because they had done so many um auditions for actresses to play Reagan and they just couldn't find anybody who was all the all the people that they auditioned were just too innocent in right. their opinion and then uh the director met linda blair and was like oh no this is she'll be fine right because i mean there's there's at the age of 12 there's a lot of of different you know there's there's a spectrum of a what what you've been exposed to and your mm-hmm. level of maturity you know i i know when i was 12 i was like i just want to play with star wars legos and i had friends who they were 12 and they were trying to talk to girls and so Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) but uh, linda i mean linda blair you know in this movie she still looks like she's very young she still looks like she's you know she's 12 yeah Yeah. it kind of freaked me out she looks a lot i have a 13 year old niece um and she looks quite a bit like my 13 year old niece so that was a little freaky oh wow yeah i'll show you her picture sometime yeah um so I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So so they were like talking about, oh, this uh, in the IFB, they would have been talking about, oh, this 12 year old, they had her do this and that and the other. Because there's the one scene where what's that guy? The, the German uh, 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 butler. There's a butler who's German and he, you know, he's kind of clued into like what's going on with this kid. This kid must be possessed. And this kid's like having all of these problems and stuff. And so he leaves the cross, the the crucifix in her mm-hmm. room, hoping that like it will help ward off the demon. And then there's the scene where the girl is like masturbating with the crucifix. And there's right. like and I, and I read that blood everywhere. And I'm like, I mean, that was right. a, kind of a shocking scene in the movie just because it's like, I mean, it's a little bit disturbing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So let me let me let me rabbit trail real quickly to talk about um, I mean, accessibility. It's, it's just like about ten seconds of the movie, it's or very, like five it's seconds. Very brief. It's very brief, but just to so, let you so know what's going on. So here's my note. Um, when I when I feel because you know I'm a person with anxiety and I'm a person who has some triggers that I like to avoid seeing without warning. Uh, so what I do before I watch a movie, if I'm worried about it, I go on this website. It's called does the dog, does the dog die.com. Oh, interesting. And it just gives you yes or no. Does this film have suicide in it? Yes or no. Does this film have weird dental stuff in it? Yes or no. Does this film have hair pulling? Yes or no. And it does just go, does this, does this film show the death of any animal? Yes or no. And does this film show the death of a dog? Does this film have car accidents? 
But it'll just go down. It's like a hundred and something categories. Interesting. So if you know and what you can, your and it's your no children. spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. It is, but it's yes or no. Does this film have this particular trigger? And you can ask about if you have a particular thing, a trigger that isn't listed. You can ask about it. Well, oh. is there this? Well, that's neat. Yeah, and it's super, super helpful to me. Uh, I can't remember what movie it totally saved for me. It might have been, um, it might have been Scarface or some other like mafia movie. Hmm. But I can't remember. It might have been The Departed or Scarface, but I can't remember what it was. But there was one movie it completely saved for me. You know what? I think it was The Departed because isn't that the one where somebody gets their hand smashed? I think so. I don't know. Okay. I watch a then, lot of mafia so, movies and they kind of all blend together for me. But I think it's Matt Damon. I think I think that's the one where he gets like his hand crushed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah, on the yeah, pool yeah, table. Yeah. So that is, I hate, <laughs> that's rough for me to see. Um, but it saved the movie, this website, because I can I can just see what is on there and I can look up my personal triggers or issues that I might have with a movie. So this is a great accessibility tool. Um, I am super about uh, all these like cool new ways that we can use technology for accessibility purposes. Well, isn't that lovely? Yeah. I'll yeah. Have a, so why I why don't I put a link to the to doesthedogdie.com in the show notes? I'll, I'll put that. that. This is the first time yeah. really hearing about this website, but that's that's marvelous. I highly suggest it um, for anybody who has, you know, if you have anxiety or if you have PTSD or if you're just like me and you can't stand there, like you can watch the boys level of gore and destruction all day but if you see brains you freak out because oh, <laughs> that's yeah. me because i watch the boys and just eat it up like i love it and that's one of probably one of the goriest shows on tv ever yeah um, but brains just can't do brains see i've um oh what was i gonna say i was gonna say uh that the one thing that you told me was that you you don't like jump cuts like you know the the jump cut right. horror movie thing where they'll just like have yeah you're just uh, looking at like a dark screen and then all of a sudden there's a terrible monster and there's some kind of screeching noise there's like some guy jumping out with a knife and then it's like dun dun and then there's blood everywhere and then somebody's head is is sawn off um you know, right. i don't and, know and how, the exorcist how, yeah. has very little if any of that yeah and when i was trying to pick the movie i was trying to i asked my friend because I, I have friends who are like horror movie connoisseurs and mm-hmm. um I was like, oh, what's like a classic horror movie, but it doesn't have the jump cuts. And they're like, oh, The Exorcist should be all right because it's a bit older. Um, anyway, right. we've so got. So anyway, yeah. back to the like the whole masturbation with a crucifix scene. Uh, I, I was prepared for like I knew that was going to happen at some point. I mean, it was it was, and less then I was than, also like, three seconds. Well, and I was also able to like look up because I always get like, oh, my gosh, that's a that's a child actor doing the part and no matter how talented linda blair was in that role right it's like oh my god that's a child is she okay (laughs) you know did she grow up scarred because of this and i was able to find on trivia sites that you know they had they had a stand-in for that scene and that she the only thing she got out of this movie was basically that she hates being cold uh because being in the refrigerated room for the breath scenes like where you can see everybody's breath so yeah so anyway, huh. that's how I dealt with my own kind of anxiety and triggers watching this movie. And um, I always want to share that when I can, because I think art is for everybody. Yeah. And accessibility is important. Anyway. Yeah. And about that, I, I'm reading from the Wikipedia article here that says that the director of the movie, like when they were going to do that scene, the director of the movie asks linda he asked like the actress the the child actress he's like do you know what masturbation means and then she says and this is in the wikipedia article she says it's like jerking off isn't it and she giggled a little bit and have you ever done that he asked and she says sure haven't you and then so so like (laughs) yeah and she's like laughing about it so it's not like and she's like duh yeah so so clearly they got the right the yeah right so it's not like they're just uh, uh trying to to like traumatize some child with like exposing them to something new just for the sake of of uh of, uh, of making a movie of making a movie and making okay, of so, money off the movie yeah so so here's another thought though 
while we're on the topic of like jump scares, right? Uh, another thing that I noticed about this movie, and I don't know if you have any further thoughts on it, um, but this movie was so much more brightly lit than other scary movies that I've seen or seen promos for. Yeah, is that a, is that just a, a function of it being an older film? I don't know. I think I think that a lot of movies these days are very darkly lit. Yeah, um, and I hate it. Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> like just like to make it feel more movies. intense. Um, the other, the thing that I think that the the lighting, the the much brighter lighting, except for you know the scenes where they're in the room, literally like doing the exorcism, um, the scenes where they're just like in the house and it's like a, a normal house. Uh, it, to me, it felt like, oh, well, this just looks like the inside of, of somebody's house living in, in like a suburb or somewhere like that. And mm-hmm. it so that sort of made the darkness of the other things that was going on feel a bit scarier because it felt like, oh, well, this could go on anywhere. Yeah, but even in the scenes where they were in the room doing the exorcism, it, everything was still visible. Yeah. You know, there was a, there was enough light I feel like in a modern movie, a lot of times I struggle to see what is what is occurring on the screen because some of them are just so dimly lit. I guess it's maybe it's just a trend. Yeah, you know what it's kind of like to me. You know, like when you see like modern cars that are based on old cars that are like supposed to have like a stylistic tribute to old cars. Cause I, I really love cars. I live, I really love racing and stuff like that. And a lot of times, you know, car companies will make a, like a new car and they'll like be inspired for the design by like some old car, like the older version mm-hmm. of that same car. And then they'll end up making something where I'll have like one or two styling cues from the old thing and then the rest of it will look like low key like robot vomit you know yeah. and and just like what no like and see that's sort of how i feel like with a lot of these movies is that they'll be like oh well this we made this and that and the other thing to to feel like this and then everything else is like it, it just feels like it's out of place i just i i i know the concept that you're talking about yeah and i feel like that's one thing I really liked about The Exorcist is that, uh, you know, all the it was it was never so dark that that things were invisible, and I felt like it relied on the creepiness, like you were saying, of this could happen anywhere. This could happen to somebody that I know. Uh, I think it relied on that creepy factor rather than jump scares or just like overly dark scenes. To, it relied on the actual story, which I think is great. And that kind of wanted it gets me into the other thing. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is that oh, cool. what sort of because what kind of fear is this movie playing off of? Like fear of of something very specific. It's it's fear of you know actual like demons coming to possess you. Um, fear of of uh, 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 Satanism's fear of. Uh, it's like very satanic panic. Yeah, but I think there's a, there's a second layer uh, as well of uh, fear of something happening to your child because the focal point of the control. movie. Yeah, right. Because the whole focal point is is Reagan and her mother, and and the mom's increasing feelings of helplessness as she, you know, because she's pretty much been able to control everything in her daughter's life up to this point. Yeah. And now that something is happening that is completely out of her hands. Yeah, and the scenes where they were taking Reagan into the the doctor to like, and they had them inserting the the the. the what Did was you it? read about what that was? It was an angiocardiogram. Yeah, I guess that's how they used to do it back in the day. But they were inserting the uh, the what is I don't know what it was the medical terminology for it, but they were putting a needle into like the vein in her neck. And there, you could so, see the blood yeah. coming out of it. Like every time her heart would beat, there would like, I don't know if that was like medically accurate, but like looking at that, I, I was have, like, oh, that's creepy. That was one of the creepiest scenes in the movie to me. So I'll be, I'll be um, a little more vague than I could possibly be. I've had blood spurt like that. Um, somebody uh, went to draw blood and took the needle out wrong. Oh, so yeah, okay. I've seen that happen out of my arm. So I totally believe it could happen out of somebody's neck. Yeah, I mean it's like that. 
that scene in the movie that to me like and watching it you feel so bad for this little yeah girl. i had a hard time watching that scene yeah, though I, I... and you know she doesn't know what's happening to her and to me it felt like you know whenever you read a story about like oh this this 12 year old or this this 13 year old kid or, or younger they've got uh inoperable cancer and they're having to go in and, and do this and that and the other thing and, and try to to figure out a cure for it and you see like a GoFundMe for him and i'm just like oh that's kind of how it felt to me when i was looking at that because she doesn't know what's going on with her body and the mom doesn't know what's going on with yeah. her body and she's just heartbroken this whole time and she's just like crying and screaming at these doctors like help me. yeah and i feel like the movie could have i feel like they had to choose to focus on reagan or on the mom yeah and, and whose pain they were going to really portray so i i felt like the lens was more on the mother of like the confusion of what is going on because they don't explain the procedure on the screen no in full so i feel like the focus is more on the mom of like what is going on with my kid and the child's fear is kind of secondary that's just but maybe that maybe i saw it that way because i'm growing my own kid so I feel like uh, that, you know, a movie with the themes of motherhood, um, I feel like I definitely experienced it differently today than I would have 17 weeks ago. Wow. That's that's really smart. So that was a neat. Well, that's it's that's neat. some I neat like insight. I'm, yeah. Well, and, you know, as this this whole pregnancy, you know, feels more real and progresses to the point where the likelihood of me getting a baby at the end of it is is really high um i feel like uh, my my perspective starts to shift on on some of these medium uh, some of these you know pieces of media that have a have stories about motherhood yeah as that starts to apply you know i'm in the process of that applying to me for the first time yeah and so when you are like and so maybe I'm I'm going to try to put myself in not your perspective, but somebody who who already has their kid and who's you know watched their kid grow up and has nurtured their kid for mm-hmm. a certain number of years, um, and just that feeling like I, I you know I've heard people describe it as oh well it feels like your heart is outside of your body, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and that. then you're wondering, well X Y Z thing could happen to my kid oh no, and then. It turns out that the thing that's that's happening is that she gets pos- she gets possessed by a demon that was living in the home. I guess she was it. What, did she get possessed through the Ouija board? Or was that or was it just not clear? I don't know. Like it wasn't clear because there was the Ouija board, and then there was also um, the banging in the that little demon statue guy that they found in Iraq at like the beginning. Yeah, but that was Remember? the but that was the thing that the, the guy that found the demon statue was the priest that came in at the end to to but wasn't it like on the steps of their house for some reason or did i misread that i don't know hmm i thought the demon statue had got gotten lost and somehow ended up in the foundation or on the steps of that house huh. I'm, I'm not sure i'm just anyway well either either way i think the story was supposed to be that the same demon that that was a statue of is the is the demon that presented itself through the through the Ouija board and then in, got into Reagan. Right. And so I guess like if you're a, a you know a, a, a heavily religious person and you believe that demons are, you know, showing up and possessing people from time to time. <laughs> yeah, uh on every Tuesday. Um every second Tuesday of the month ending in Y. Uh you know, you're and you see this, you're like, oh, no, like, is this like actually a thing that can happen? And you go to your, you know, maybe your IFB, you go to your IFB pastor, and you're like, hey, um, so can demons possess my child through a Ouija board? And then your pastor is like, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, I will tell you the IFB absolutely believe that your child can be possessed through a Ouija board. Because um, they saw it in the movie actually, or because they, like, know that, or, like, because of other things? So this is what we have. Like, this is the root of the matter for me. This is a question, okay? Do – I, I, what I really wish I knew is how much the external satanic panic um, 
movies like The Exorcist and and other general cultural awareness of Satanism, demons, and quote-unquote satanic ritual abuse um, was going on in the general media of the world in the 70s and 80s. What I want to know is, did that originate in religious groups like the IFB and spread to the outside world? Did it originate in the outside world and spread to religious groups? Like what I really, I feel like I need to do some more looking into this. Yeah. This is maybe my next journalism project when I'm done with the first family fundamentalism and recovering from that. When I was reading uh, about this movie, um, and I was doing some research, yeah, I found this article from USA Today um, that, uh, that was really interesting to me. And then it said that, you know, a good horror movie, if it wants to be popular in the time that it's coming out, it has to play on what people are afraid of at that time. So mm-hmm. 1973, Satanic Panic is definitely a thing that's going on. And they play into that a little bit because they've got, you know, um, the backwards masking where they're like, oh, the demon is mm-hmm. the demon is speaking through this child. Um, but it's speaking English backwards. Yeah, but it's speaking English yeah. backwards. So like, and, you know, backwards masking in music was definitely like a, a thing, thing that they were the afraid IFB of. Yeah. Believe in. yeah, not just the <laughs> IFB. Like a lot of people were afraid of that. Yeah, so it's like what are what are people afraid of? Um is that, you know, the the satanic panic like religious possession and stuff like that because, you know, within at least within music, the backwards masking became a thing because, you know, especially because of like the Beatles who really pioneered at least there was a lot of this um manipulation of tape that was going on in like weird like experimental music circles like with the music concrete movement and the beatles took a lot of that with their producer george martin and took a lot of that and put it into the mainstream so if you listen to a beatles album like sergeant pepper there will be like a lot of like noise and and things done with like tape and and sampling that are used to create certain sounds and that was one of the reasons why that album is so monumental. But then people would be like, oh, well, they're playing tapes backwards to send secret messages. And there was like a satanic panic to do with that, especially because the Beatles said, oh, we're bigger than Jesus. So people thought they were sending satanic messages. Anyway, um, the reason why this movie was scary then is because this movie is about, you know, you know, people were afraid of like Satan of, of like religious, like possession and stuff like that. And if you look at the movies that are popular now, the horror movies that are popular now, movies like get out movies, like the purge, um, those movies feature people, not, um, you know, like alien entities, they feature or, or monsters. They feature people as, the thing to be afraid of. And it's because now what are we afraid of? We're afraid of each other. Whereas back then, you know, we're afraid of, of some, you know, deus ex machina coming in and and destroying our lives. That is a damn good point. But it was interesting. I read about that in a USA Today article that I'll um, link to you in the show notes. So, I did want to make so I have a couple thoughts about um, the perception of possession. Yes, please um, talk about first, this. So the first thing that I was thinking of is um, one of the few modern horror movies that I have seen is The Conjuring. I haven't seen The uh, Conjuring. Which, is it good? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. the The weird thing is it does also deal with possession, sort of. Um, so in The Conjuring, the, the main plot point is that there is uh, a demon possessing a house or a doll or other objects. And then the demon will mess with the human inhabitants of said house by, you know, yanking covers off when they're in bed at night or pulling, you know, pulling ankles and making people fall downstairs and that, knocking on things and making noise and that sort of huh. thing. Uh, but it, it as, as I don't remember it featuring possession of any people. So I wonder if that's maybe some kind of transitional phase. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that it's in at least the, the 80s and 90s, a lot of the horror movies were about like 
some creepy monsters or some horrible human who had been somehow like disfigured and and then like mentally twisted like um or like a person who had had a, a like a bad guy who had had like a spell put on them so they could like never die and and they like hungered for you know like eating young people's blood or something like that and then they like come and just like slaughter mm-hmm. yeah so the conjuring is made in 2013 but it is set in 1971. Oh, huh, okay. So that makes a lot of sense because it's about the whole conjuring. There's there's a there's there's a series which I haven't seen all the all there because the Annabelle comes from that. So it's sort of like a the whole Annabelle series. Oh, so it's sort of like but a they, satanic it, panic throwback. Right. Well, it focuses on Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are demonic experts. And like it's their job to go to these places that have demons and kick them out. Oh, fun. Okay. That that makes sense. That's really cool. So I'll have to check that movie I out. Know, I like this. You movie. might enjoy it. I think. I think maybe there is uh, some parallels. It's been a very long time since I saw The Conjuring because I saw it like it was the first scary movie I had literally ever seen, and I got a little creeped out. <laughs> so I haven't seen it yeah. since. Then. I mean, I'm not a huge. But I might have to go I'm not back. a huge horror movie buff, but I found The Exorcist to be pretty enjoyable as a film. So I might, you know, go back and look at some other ones. Um, but, but as far as possession, my, my my little mini point there was that I think it's interesting that The Conjuring focuses on completely on possession, but only of objects and never of people. And then The Exorcist focuses on possession only of people. So um, is this movie, is, is The Exorcist scary now by 2020 standards? Uh, to me, it was mildly creepy, but I have, you know, residual trauma from being afraid of demons. I think to, to I think to a, a regular person, it would probably not be scary at no. all. I mean, I would, I well, especially to a non-religious person, if you don't believe in demons, and it's definitely not scary. Yeah, I mean, I remember my mom telling me about uh, this movie a while ago that she would go and see. Uh, that that she went to go see it and like when it came out it was like a, a huge thing where people were like oh my god and they're like the girl's head turns around at the end of the like in the movie when yeah yeah and that's and like that's like a that that scene where they had like the girl's head like rotate 180 degrees i guess they used like a a, a doll to do that to to the special effects to do that um and yeah, that was like a huge is- like thrilling thing then people would go see it for that because that was like one of the first times that they'd figured out how to do that on screen properly i mean i do love good practical effects yeah. that's that is always something that's amazing and fun to me but as far as perceptions of of a uh, possession i know we've been trying to circle around yeah this. i want to i want to get like let's dive deep into possession okay how what does the ifp so tell you about was- possession Pretty much exactly what happens in The Exorcist. Hmm. And this is like where my question, my line of questioning earlier with, you know, is this an example of religion influencing the outside world or the outside world influencing religion and that penetrating even to a more reclusive group like the IFB? Uh, because The Exorcist is almost exactly what I was taught about demonic possession. Um, I have a... Um, I have an IFB propaganda material that I'm going to share at more length on the show at another time. Oh my God. Is it about, it's about, but you remember I showed you, well, I showed you the one about satanic panic. You remember that? I have one called exorcism. Is this the the same author? Oh, this is the the comic that you showed me. Yeah. And they get like, but it's like, it's like he saw the exorcism. So the, the comic came out in like 1973, 74. And it's like he saw The Exorcist and just literally rewrote it. Oh my god! Except it's that just it, like it's a little it's a little boy from India instead of a, an American girl. Yeah, and instead of um, in, in, instead of uh, uh, two Catholic priests coming in to do the exorcism, they have <laughs> it's two very buff Christian dudes. Yeah, they yeah. they have like oh my god these these comics. I can't wait until we do like an I episode seriously- about these comics. It's I just have to like seriously get my research it's, in order because I feel like there's I feel like there's depth that I'm missing it's like, about that particular. Oh author. my god, these these comics are so funny. There's like there's one that gets super anti-Semitic. It's the funniest thing that I've ever seen. That's the first one. That's yeah, the first one I've seen. One. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, that was fun. Anyway. Yeah, so possession, um, they're saying possession is exactly like it is in this movie. This movie is like a do- yeah, almost so like a documentary. Realistic fiction. Right. So so many of these details. Um, you know, things moving, objects floating, windows opening, doors slamming, um, furniture moving about, uh, green vomit specifically. Green vo- that, that specifically? Yeah. Um the the voice different voices coming out of a person like voices that that you shouldn't physically be able to make uh there is a bit where the priest the priest asks um wait so if like a a 10 year old boy is like i'm gonna burp the alphabet they would be like he's possessed (laughs) uh who knows i'll have to ask my brothers if they ever tried and if they ever got accused of being possessed your your brothers probably Um, know (laughs) probably um but no so uh so many details uh oh oh there's a bit where the priest asks um was she able to speak in any languages that she's never studied i think the priest starts speaking it sounded like french to her and she responds in french. yeah and then also she knows latin um, she is speaking yeah mm-hmm. in in yeah so being able to speak in other languages um so much of that when the priest demands um is speaking to the demon and says, I demand that you tell me your name. Uh, and the demon suffers in pain and has to give up their name. Uh, that That is something that I was taught about possession growing up. Where so, they, so where did they find, like, the, do you think that it's like the IFB just saw this movie and they're like, yep, yeah, that's what happens? Or was it that... I really have to wonder. Or was it that, like, there's some, like, ancient, or not, or like some religious text that's like... Yeah, this is what happens when somebody's got a demon. Um, and then they both read the same thing when they, or whoever was writing the book that this movie was based on, they read that and they're just like, Okay, well, I'm gonna incorporate that into my into my book and then incorporate that into the movie, and then the IFB also read that. Or, hmm. So I don't know if there were any like books written about possession. Uh I do know there are a few so exorcism is not mentioned in the uh the new testament (laughs) as much as so people think it's just mentioned everywhere uh it's really only mentioned a few times and it's wait you guys actually have that like that's actually a thing no exorcism oh yeah yeah absolutely it's in the new yeah it's mentioned in the new testament um so there's there's a couple examples where jesus cast demons out of people um there is another example where the yeah there's another example where the apostles um you didn't know this i did not know this this is you got okay so are you aware that this is no dude this is literally a belief that many christians believe that you can be possessed and that you must then be exercised have you never seen like an exorcism done on tv no okay you're watching that (laughs) Oh my god. You seriously what? go into YouTube and just type like exorcism 2016. What? Yeah, you can see uh you can see tons of people doing them. I think remember that lady that the the doctor that Trump had like talking about how good his medical stuff is that like got and all kind of, got all kind of flat. You mean the lady that like got kicked off of some medical board somewhere because she was Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure you can see her doing an exorcism on YouTube. For real? I think it's. I think okay, it's. Okay, I'm looking this I up. I know for I'm... sure you can see exorcisms on YouTube. <laughs> okay, who's? I want to. I want to know whose idea was it? They're like, hey, we're doing an exorcism. Well, let's get it on film this time. See if we can see the demon come out. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Beelzebub popped certain... his head out and then saw his shadow. Went back in six <laughs> more weeks of winter. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> or he pops okay, out. It's no, like, so... the, have you have you seen Alien? You've seen Spaceballs. No, have I haven't. you seen Spaceballs? I don't think so. Okay. Uh so you you like the alien doesn't like hatch out of somebody's like stomach or the demon like pops out of somebody's stomach and just like So I okay, so so let me level with you. Number one, most most general, like, you know, generic Christians. <laughs> Uh, believe that most Christians believe that possession is a thing that can happen. Uh, most of us would kind of say, oh, it's really, really rare. Uh, and it's more often that like somebody invites a demon to, to possess them. 
But there are quite a few, there are many Christians of many different denominations who believe that demon possession is a common occurrence. Like how common? That happens like, I don't know, one in 20 people or more, depending on who you ask. One that, in 20 uh, people? What? Yeah, so people do exorcisms all the time. There are churches who do exorcisms almost every church service to try to what? get all those demons out. What? Where? Yeah. What? Do you you need to Google. I have never. You have to. You're nuts. <laughs> so we so we might have to do a homework episode where I make you watch an exorcism and then we do a follow up next time. Dude, on what on? <laughs> You guys, you guys actually do. Oh, this is just like the type of thing that we like make fun of you guys for that we don't think that you guys actually do. It's like when people are like, I, so I, most people definitely don't. Like, I'm pretty sure I, I would, I would put, I would put good money on the fact that my priest has probably never performed an exorcism. Like, I seriously don't think, and like he's he's a very very well learned man. Like, he's he's very scholarly. He spent. Uh, he went to seminary at like 14 and spent years studying in Rome in the Vatican. So he's like, as, wow. as far as, you know, priests who have a wonderful education, uh, he, he that's him. But I would put, I would put so much money. I bet anything he's never done. One. But he, so he's like, uh, but like in this movie, they're like, oh yeah, the Catholics, like they only do like, they like have one guy who knows how to do like an exorcism. They're like, there's That's one dude accurate. in the entire world who's like, yeah, I can do that. And he's only done so, it like one other time. That is more accurate to what like the, the church actually believes. Um, so there is a Catholic rite of exorcism. Um, and uh, it's it's a little hard for me to tell because... The movie The Exorcist is set not too long after Vatican II, which is a church conference where a lot of things changed. Um, so if you look oh, at and really, they started really doing mass movie, in English. Ex- that's exactly yeah. what I was going to bring up. the The big change with Vatican II is that that mass was able to be said in English uh, or in the the local language as well as in Latin. Hmm. Um, that's but there are other changes that go with Vatican too, so I don't know if exorcism was included in that at all. Oh, the other thing that they did was they uh quote unquote forgave the Jews for killing Jesus. Uh yeah, Pope well John Paul II was like, Okay, no, we 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 shouldn't have, sorry about that. Sorry. No, they didn't they didn't say it wasn't you who killed him. They said we forgive you for like that, which well, that was Vatican too. I think John Paul II yeah. came out and actually made it a more of a decent apology. Yeah, John Paul, Pope John Paul. We've you know what? We've had too many Pope John Pauls. We need a Pope George Ringo. <laughs> I'm gonna make that joke every time I can. Um, so anyway, um, as far as I could tell, the 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 Catholic right of exorcism in this movie was not terribly inaccurate um if you look at the evangelical exorcism right it can get quite a bit more um how do i describe like how do you how do you have exorcisms every week you just get somebody up there they're like you have a demon in you uh the power of christ compels you well, that's where you get into some more like kind of hinky Christian beliefs like, um, oh, I'm addicted to watching porn. Therefore, I am possessed by a demon of pornography. Oh, but that's not like a demon demon. That's like a, or do they think that there's like no, a literal They will say like that it's a literal demon who is possessing them and making them compulsively watch porn. That's um that's okay that that to me that's just like i am shirking any and all personal responsibility for this thing that i'm doing and the thing that is making me do it is a demon so basically you can be like i murdered the guy but it wasn't me it was a demon you have to forgive me now because it wasn't me like right and then there are also like in that particular area there are people who will say like you know consuming porn at all makes you an addict because there are people who will say that drinking at all makes you an addict. Um, so I mean, to me, it so feels you, like the, Jack Scott could come out of of prison, be like, "I only, uh, I, I only, yeah, I demon. only did that because I was possessed by a demon." Now you have to forgive me. Let me be pastor again, and they'd be like, 
makes sense. Well, they'd have to they'd have to do an exorcism. So it's like, oh, I did. Uh, I had an exorcism to... done in in. Uh, do you think he would have an exorcism done? done? Like, how, like, so what does like a a Baptist exorcism entail? Um. So you would definitely have Bibles, uh, at least one, but but preferably more than one around. Um, like a Bible uh, one shield. One common thing. To... Yeah, and so so a thing that I've seen a lot in video. So again. I have never seen an exorcism done in person. I have a very vague memory that I may have tried to kick a demon out of one of my friends, like in elementary school, mm-hmm. and I'm really not sure. So if you remember, if you're my friend from elementary, I don't remember. This is like this is one of those like you know memories that are it's like a childhood memory. <laughs> my and childhood then also memories I have that are oh, uh, we went down the <laughs> we went down the slide too fast, and then. Like and we got like static electricity and we would go down the slide and then shock each other. Your childhood memories are um are exercising demons for people. I really, really have trouble remembering like if I did actually attempt an exorcism. So if anybody is my friend from elementary school, if you remember, uh please let me know because I I'm curious whether the, I did actually ever try If you're the person who Sadie exercised, <laughs> then you should uh come on this show immediately because I want to know exactly what it was like. Um do you okay here's a here's a question for you. Do you know anyone who's ever had an exorcism done to them? So I do. Um, really? at Hiles Anderson College. Who who yeah. was it? I uh I have to be a little bit careful because I this isn't isn't really public knowledge. Uh but I did go to Hiles Anderson with a person who believed that they were possessed. Uh they were having seizures and other kind of weird occurrences especially when they would try to do religious activities. Uh, and then some staff members apparently performed an exorcism on that person in the Hiles Anderson dorms, which was apparently successful. Uh, I I haven't followed up with. I, I'm friends with this person. I could reach out and say like, "Hey, was this was this true?" Is this person still in the IFB? Uh, they are on their way out. Okay. Yay. Well, if you are that person and you are listening to this podcast, there is nothing that I would like more than to have you on this podcast and talk to you about what that exorcism was like because I find this fascinating. This is – Yeah. So So anyway, you asked about like how it would actually be done. Um. If you watch, so again, I've never seen one in person, but I've heard him talked about a lot and I've seen them on YouTube. So you, you might see someone get hit over the head with a Bible. That's common. Uh, quoting, quoting scripture is a, is a kind of foundational thing that people do. But in the movie, The Exorcist, you saw the, the Catholic priest quoting from a missal, which is not a Bible. It's a, it's got, it's like a prayer book. Um, Reading directly from the Bible in the in the Baptist or IFB point of view would be more effective, uh, and then you would more likely be reading the words of Jesus. Like that's kind of the preferred. And then you read the words of Jesus, and the demon can't stand to hear the words of Jesus, so it will. So it comes out yeah. right. Um, you might also see um, somebody get hit over the head with a Bible. That's something you'll see on YouTube quite a bit. As people getting smacked around, like, you know, hit on the head or hit the face or whatever with the Bible. Um, And then, you know, I always remember being told you shouldn't attempt an exorcism unless you're very strong in your faith. Because once the demon is out of the original person, it'll go into somebody else. So everybody else in that room needs to be a really, really strong Christian. Because as soon as the demon comes out of that person, then you've got to, like, keep it from getting into you. Interesting. Oh, but that happened in the and movie. That happened in the movie is that the demon did. that he was like, because, you know, oh, and I want to, I actually, that reminds me, I want to read something here that was what the, because right in the movie, we have the, the main priest and then we have the other priest who like has got to come in to like help him out with the exorcism. And yeah. Uh, the the older priest who who is like the exorcism specialist he comes in he's like and this is what he says um and and this is what he says he says 
when he's telling his his colleague about what's going to happen. And he says, especially important is the warning to avoid conversations with the demon. We may ask what is relevant, but anything beyond that is dangerous. He's a liar. The demon is a liar. He will lie to confuse us, but he will also mix lies with the truth to attack us. The attack is psychological and powerful, so don't listen. Remember that. Do not listen. And this was sort of like the thing where the the, the other priest, you know, his mother ended up dying in like a, a really terrible looking mental hospital because he didn't have money for it. Um, mm-hmm. And or and so the demon is like telling him, oh, you let your mother die. You let your mother die. And that kind of like shook his faith a little bit that the demon could come out of the girl and get into him. But then he like throws himself out of the window and down the stairs and it kills him. And I guess it kills the demon, too. Um, uh, it, the demon would like, I don't know, go back to hell or start over. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that is that is definitely so stuff like that about don't listen to the demon or like uh, the demon will use will use lies and mix lies with truth. So basically the, the idea that the demon is smarter and more skilled in the art of deception than you could ever be as a human. Hmm. And that, you know, any any uh, too much communication can cause that demon to go into you, which is the same reason that that. um that Ouija boards or any other form of, you know, reading reading palms or reading tarot, reading tea leaves, anything like that is strictly forbidden in the IFB. Interesting. It's the same concept because you're communing with demons. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Well, that's th- this has been a, a deeply enlightening conversation. Um, this I think has been one. Yeah, of the- I, I thought. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say this has been one of the best homework episodes that we've ever had. Um, you think? Oh, so? absolutely. This this oh, has cool. been this has been marvelous. Um, uh, do you have any final thoughts on the movie that you want to talk about? I think that the big takeaway for me, like the big point of interest for me, was um, how similar this was to kind of my perception of exorcism growing up. And I really, really, really want you to watch some exorcisms on YouTube. Uh, there is a team of five, I think five or six young ladies that go around the country. It's a little bit younger than us that go around the country doing exorcisms. They're like the demon dream team. The demon with dream braces. team? With what? With braces. It's it's kind of Wait, neat. so how old um, are they? So they at have the braces time that- like on their teeth? At the time that they were filmed, I think they're all sisters or related, but the, at the time that they were filmed, they were like between 12 and 18, so they're a little bit older than that now. Interesting. But they like they're like the five of them are supposedly like demon hunters and they travel around the country with their dad uh and and kick demons out of people. So I'm going to find the clip of that for do you. Do know do you know what denomination they are? You know what? I don't, but I can find out. Okay, if you are listening to this and you know the Demon Dream Team and you think that like they would at all be in, like any of them would at all be interested in coming on this podcast, like I'm like I am genuinely interested in talking to them about this. I won't even like make fun of them too much. Like I mean, I I make fun of every. I'll make I make fun of everybody a little bit, but um, I like I I I guess because exorcism is is part of so many people's like deeply held religious beliefs i'm not really gonna you know try to go into like oh i think this is stupid ha 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 like i i mean even if i even if i do um but yeah like i i will i will watch that video and i i think that's very interesting um so if you know anyone that performs exorcisms or has had an exorcism done please put them in contact with us because that that sounds yeah, even just anybody anybody who's just even done one exorcism yeah. ever uh or anybody who's been exercised we we i feel like this is going to become something we need to look further into yes because this movie opened up some stuff this, for us clearly. this is this is wild to me like i've I've never heard of anything like like i knew that this happened from time to time but it was like a thing where it's like oh this person had an exorcism i'd be like i'd like laugh about i didn't know that this was like a regular occurrence i thought that this is like a you know once in every like year somewhere in you know the middle of nowhere like some people are like oh we're gonna do an exorcism like (laughs) 
That's more the Catholic viewpoint, yeah, but a, a lot of evangelicals uh, believe it's more common. Interesting. And the person that you want to look up is Bob Larson. Bob One Larson. One of those. It's th- it's three girls um, who do these, these exorcisms, and one of them is his daughter. Interesting. So that's who. Well, I'm going to – we're going to have a link to one of those videos in the show notes because that sounds – this is – to me, this is – this is wow, this is interesting. <laughs> but other than that – um. I really enjoyed this movie, and I think maybe this is a, a, a niche of horror movies that I can enjoy, because I I think this movie showed to me that it's not scary movies that, that are a problem. It's dark, like physically dim, hard-to-see movies and jump scares that are a problem. Well, I think that that's just bad filmmaking. If you just rely on your movie being really dark and just a bunch of jump scares, that's just like... That that's just poor filmmaking. You have to have a balance. So maybe this will open up more movies to me, which is always. I mean, like putting just adding extra dark and extra jump scares in your movie is just like trying to make your food better by adding more cheese to it. Oh come! I'm not gonna let that go. Um, You know, you don't let anything. I. You know what? If I can make fun of, if I can make fun of you for it, then I'm not gonna let it go. I'm gonna keep going. Um, anyway, That's anyway, we've got to talk about uh, what the neck, what we're going to do next on homework, because I think it in other than making you watch an exorcism, yeah, making me watch an exorcism. Gotcha. Um, so uh, a few weeks ago, or I, I guess several episodes ago, uh, Sadie brought up uh, Hiles Anderson tour groups. Um, oh boy! Yeah, Sadie <laughs> brought up Hiles Anderson tour groups. So. When, um, and and so I I offhandedly said, well, when we get to a thousand people downloading or a thousand downloads, um, yeah, a thousand people downloading our show, then I'll I'll yeah, <laughs> then I'll listen to uh some Hiles Anderson tour groups and tell you what I think of it, um, and what do you know? We've made it not just to one thousand, but we've made it to eleven hundred. So. Next week for homework, um, we're going to switch this around. This will flip around a little bit that I'm going to be the one who is uh, experiencing this new media for the first time. And it's going to be uh, a playlist of Sadie's making. And we'll put that playlist in the we'll put we'll make like a Spotify playlist and put that in the show notes or whatever. So, or the we'll make that public so that you guys can find it. Um, and listen to it along Do with me. Of- um, but Sadie's going to make oh, a playlist yeah. of like what she thinks the best songs or the most representative songs are. And then I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to tell you what I think of it. So I, I really suck at Spotify. Do you think a YouTube playlist could be a potential alternative? Is it on YouTube? <laughs> There's, you're going to find more of their music on YouTube because I've checked Spotify and I haven't found as much as I wish. I okay, had. well, then, yeah, we'll make a YouTube playlist um, and okay. then I, I can... Because also I just suck at Spotify. Yeah, well, you don't have a Spotify premium. Um, I don't have premium and also... My first, like my first listening to streaming music was on Pandora, so that's like what I'm used to, and I know that that makes me pretty much a grandma. But Pandora doesn't um, like Pandora; just shuffles things around. Oh, you're gonna listen to uh, you're gonna listen to Hiles Anderson. Tour yeah, tapes. so I'm gonna listen to Hiles Anderson tour tapes, and then uh, we're gonna talk about it, and that's gonna be good. I will make you, I'll make you a playlist. It's gonna be very yeah. Fun. Please do, and then I'll I'll put that out publicly so that we can um. We can we can have that as soon as this episode goes out. I'll have the next week's, and it'll also be in our Facebook group. Um, so if you want to like get in on all the discussion for all the stuff that we talk about and all of like the the bonus stuff that we do, you can join our Patreon. Um, that's patreon.com slash Leaving Eden Podcast, and you can also join our Facebook group. And our Facebook group is called Eden Exodus, and then in parentheses it'll have Leaving Eden Podcast Facebook group. Um, and yeah, uh, anyway, until next time, uh, this has been the Leaving Eden Podcast. Follow our social media. Uh, it's going to be Leaving Eden Podcast on uh, Facebook and, and Instagram, Leaving Eden Pod on Twitter. And the email is, if you want to send us questions, it's leavingedenpod at gmail.com. Um, I'm Gabrielle Hako, and you can find me at G A V R I E L H A C O H E N on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Sadie, if you want to plug your social. 
Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music on Instagram and at Hell Yeah Sadie on Twitter, where you can come watch me learn how to use Twitter in real time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your Twitter's not that bad. That's because I don't put anything on it because I don't actually know how right. it works. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, until next time, uh, I guess we'll talk to you guys again on Tuesday. Uh, have a nice day. Bye-bye. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.